Now we're going to do something cool. Get it on, Hendrix! Henley, what does mommy sound like on, on social media? Um, she sounds like a chicken. What? <laughs> yeah, not like a chicken. Yes, she does. Sound like a chicken. <laughs> yes, she does. So, back to the podcast. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm your host, Jamie Otis Shainer. And I am Douglas Hainer. And I have found an SD card with Jamie attempting to sing. You did? Back in the day, yeah. Oh, for real? Like back in the day? Like yeah, how like long ago? I saw... Um, I used to try really hard yeah, to be a singer. Yeah, it, it's that I saw a random SD card okay. um, just lying around. And when I put it in, I think it was you at uh, Lonnie's house. Oh, really? Like, yeah, there were some artsy shots. You oh, were like singing. that is so embarrassing. And you were next to like a campfire or a fireplace, like looking at the fireplace. It was like what? really dark. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Interesting. And now then, I want to yeah, see this. I, I think you were on uh, that. You you were like behind a microphone and you introduced yourself. <gasps> oh, and that's said not I to Lonnie's sing. house. That was. Were you kidding me? No. That was like a bar karaoke night. No, 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 no. Yeah. This was this was staged inside like a living room. Some what? of them. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm sure me and everyone listening. <laughs> Are yeah, like, it was I really mean, I'm like, what is this? I know. We have so many random SD cards. Around. We have so many SD cards. I want to find all of our ones from South Africa. Yeah. We have a South Africa trip. We have our RV trip, uh, which we went on last last yeah. summer, actually. Uh, and it was over a little over a year ago. And actually, yeah. speaking of that. Uh, greatest segue ever. Greatest segue to what? Oh, um you're talking, like, I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I thought you were going to go into our first stop. And uh, because we, we had a few uh, a few life events happen over the last week. Yeah. See, I don't, yeah. So. I didn't know if you wanted to get in. Yeah, I not. mean, yeah, of course. Um, oh, man, it's really hard. And I'm going to try real hard to hold it together because, you know, I, Oh, gosh, I feel like I can't even talk. Like, yeah, it was one after the other. Yeah. So, and it seems like they are both sudden, although one. So, so we had two deaths in, like, well, in the family, I guess. My grandma died, and that was sudden and shocking. And we'll talk about it. And then, um, like, literally a week later, I think it was like literally a week yeah. later. Uh, Maybe and, not even a week. Yeah, maybe not even a full week later. My friend Sarah passed as well. And... From uh, ovarian cancer. Yeah, and honestly, it is just so much. Like, just so much. And then on top of that, Henley's had hand, foot, and mouth. Hendrix had it first, then Henley. And now, I think I have it. Like, I, I'm not sure why I'm... So, like, I'm not sure You sound have, stuffy. I'm like... My body's like achy and my nose is stuffy slash runny and I have a couple sores in my mouth, but I don't, I thought that you would have a really sore throat with hand, foot and mouth yeah, and I don't I, have that. So all my mom keeps saying, cause she thinks she's a doctor cause she worked in a pediatrician office. It's worse for adults. It's worse. Stay away. Yeah. But yeah, so we you had. You can't stay away from your kids though. I know. So, um, we started out the week though, where. Henley or Hendrix had a fever, but woke up fine. And then so the next day, um, Henley started to feel a little weird, but she, we took her to school and this, uh, the, there was a power outage at the school. Yeah. So all the air conditioning, everything shut off at her school and they said yeah. you can pick it. And this was like literally right after, um, right after I had dropped her off and took her to the doctor because the night before she had, or two nights before she had thrown up uh, and had a fever. Um, and then I took her to urgent care right from her school. And at this point she was fine. Yeah. Because I was talking to her teacher and her teacher said, oh, she's complaining of a sore throat. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she must have strep. And so, so she's going to need to go to the doctors and be yeah. diagnosed. And also I was a little concerned about COVID because I know that COVID is going back around. And I was like, well, if she has that, I certainly don't want to, you know, um, but I really thought if she had strep, she would need an antibiotic. So I said, Doug. Yeah. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was doing something for work so that I couldn't get out of. And so I was like, Doug, can you please take Henley to the doctors immediately? Like so yeah. he literally dropped her off at school and then literally went right back and yeah. picked her up. And I said, just take her right to the doctors because she had that high fever throwing up and 
yeah, I just thought for sure she had yeah. uh, but a then, strap. But then she she was fine when I picked her up. Um, you would never tell that she there was yeah. anything wrong with her. I was like, Doug, how's she doing? And he I goes, was, Oh, was, she's happy as a clam. Yeah, <laughs> like she is like a normal like raging toddler. Yeah, well, and, she's not a toddler uh, anymore, but yeah. yeah. And so I took her to uh, I took her to the urgent or not urgent care. I took her to uh, her doctor. Her pediatrician. And she was like, I don't even need to run tests. She goes, she looked at her hand, she looked at her feet and then yeah. in her mouth. And she was like, it's, it's hand, foot, mouth and it's contagious. Yeah. And, you know, we had Henley's birthday party planned yeah. coming up on Saturday. And so we had to cancel the birthday party oh. because. Uh, and that's what she was most upset yeah. about. <laughs> like she didn't. Well, push it back a week. We had to. Yeah. I, I go. It. So, you know, it's the weekend and I was like, oh, we're, we literally stayed home. It was like back in the day, you know, COVID days when like you were hunkering down and uh, isolating. It was like that for us this last weekend. We didn't leave our house the whole entire weekend, which is, you know, we're very social people. We, yeah. even Especially the kids. Like, yeah. We, we go to like the parks and we just get out and play and, and all of this. And we literally stayed inside our house. <laughs> They for the whole weekend crazy. and um and so on saturday when she was supposed to have her party she she just like had a meltdown because i said nobody i had to cancel your party because you're still sick and she's i'm not sick oh i i never got Chuck E. cheese party yeah. before and uh and yeah she just had a Which meltdown. I, I get it you know i mean oh yeah no i definitely hey. get it but there is there is something going. She she turned six and her attitude. Well, I know has just been off the wall. Uh, whenever I think a kid has an attitude like that, I genuinely think she's just looking for attention. She is saying no to everything. I think she it needs doesn't matter what it is. Someone it's on no. one time, like Henley, come here real quick. No, that's okay. Like Henley, pick up your stuff. No, not right now. Yeah, she doesn't want to do and anything. And then she'll she's scream told. at you that you're rude. Which is bizarre, but anyway. Yeah, um, I think that that's just normal. And I honestly think that she just needs some one-on-one love and attention. I I really think that any negative actions that your child takes, if you give them positive reinforcement over and over and over, it completely negates the negative. I mean, they just start acting differently. They really do. Like it's worked ever since Henley was a baby and... I'm just going to keep doing it and pray to God it works into our teens. If you guys have teens, those of you <laughs> watching and listening, let us know if you have teens and that still works because I just feel like whenever we all act out like that, like even as an adult, when you act like that, yeah. you're looking for love and attention and or something. Yeah. yeah and um, yeah. So needless to say, every single podcast, we share a five-star review and this week's five-star review is so sweet. Oh my God. It's great. This one comes from, uh, Amelia. It's, it might be Emil. Leela. It's Emmy. Her name is Emmy. Oh, okay. Thanks for signing it, Emmy. Emmy. Cause as you know, oh, Emmy, it's on the bottom. Look yeah. Um, Thank you. as you know, we, we always struggle with Amelia. Lysep. Okay. It says, love you guys. Hello, my dear friends. You, of course, don't know me personally, but I relate to you so much. My family lost our sweet cousin, Jason, a little over a year ago due to drugs. We never knew he was suffering. Had we known he was going through addiction, we would have stepped uh, stepped in to help the best way we could. This is a reminder to everyone not to drown your pain and sorrows with drugs and alcohol. You never know when you'll take a nap, go to sleep, and just never wake up. Jamie, I recently finished your book, Wifey 101. The chapters where you talk about abortion really stuck a chord with me. I was in a very similar situation when I was 18. It still affects me to this day many years later. I'm 30 now. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing the not-so-happy parts of life. Doug, thank you for being so vulnerable. Being vulnerable is courageous. Thank you both for being candid and share the joy of every day. Much love to you and your family, Emmy. Oh, Emmy, thank you for that. Yeah, that touched on everything. Yeah, I feel like I, I do feel like we're friends, even though I don't know you personally, but, you know, I feel like, I yeah, I, and also I love your name, Emmy. I think that is the most beautiful name. You know, the, the part that sticks with me, and uh, I mean, other than the addiction part and drugs and alcohol, I mean, it is, it is seriously an epidemic, and um, for any parents that are out there, um, there are signs to look for, um, step in as soon as possible in such a positive way. But, um, it also brings me to where she says, share the joy of every day, which I think is just so meaningful 
right now, especially considering, um, you know, the, the sudden deaths that, yeah. that have happened that, that we know about. I mean, it's, it really puts things in, into perspective. Yeah. So, you know, I have always been someone who just, um, I don't know, like if I'm, if I, like if I'm sick with a cold, I'm like, eh, I'm sick with a cold, you know, like I just like, I don't know, like, you know, kind of complain about it and, or about, I don't know anything really. Like, you know, I just, I don't think I'm a complainer per se, but I definitely didn't always, at least most recently, I haven't always tried to find like the joy of every day or the positives. And what I have really come to learn, and I like feel like I say it a lot, but I'm coming out of like three years of pretty deep depression and anxiety. And one thing I can tell you, if you're someone who's struggling with any of like depression or anxiety, is that when you try to find the genuine like positives and the joy of every day, you will just live such a better life. And speaking of living life, I mean, it really is the fact that my grandma died. I mean, granted, she was my grandma and she was in her late seventies. She had uh, dementia. And so it was kind of a peaceful passing for her, like uh, us as, you know, like her family, of course, no one really wants anyone to die, but if we had to choose a way for her to go, it couldn't have been better in the sense that she was playing cards. She absolutely loved playing cards. She was at her neighbors, which was one of her best friends playing cards, you know, happy as could be. And then just uh, according to her neighbor who told us like what happened, she basically just like put her head down and her neighbor was like, you know, Hey, like, and then she like fell to the ground and she just died. Like, but in a very peaceful, she was doing what she loved. Like no pain, no, she just, it was just her time. I wonder if, if she said anything during the day, like if she knew there was something different about that day. Well, you want to know something that's very, very interesting is my mom. Well, what's real interesting about this is that my mom and I have connected so much over my grandma's passing, which is so bizarre. Like it's like, and that was a big step. I feel like for you guys, I, I, I met your grandma three times, maybe four times um, yeah. at family gatherings. And yeah, you know, I just knew her through stories, but this was, was this the first family member that you had that you were yeah. close to that? Yeah. Passed? This is the first person who I've known my whole life who was really active in my life as a child. Yeah. I mean, she was always around when I was a child. And so, yeah, that is like difficult. Like it's just hard to understand really, you know? Um, but my mom and I have connected so much through it. Just, I don't know, just so much. So like, it's just kind of bizarre. And, um, I guess, and so what I was trying to say about finding the positive every single day is that you genuinely don't know your last day. But what I was telling you also, um, just prior to that was, um, cause you said, what did she say anything that day? Well, my mom said that she had went over to my mom's house and my grandma gave her her cookbook. And that's just kind of like, randomly? yeah, just like randomly. I mean, this cookbook she's had for years, like decades and decades. And she gave her her cookbook and she put a cardinal in her tree. And I'm like, what tree do you have mom? Like in the middle of summer, yeah. but that's what my mom told huh. me. And then, and I remember I talked to my mom actually. So my mom, I don't Some know. Some people if, say Cardinal is a sign. Oh yeah. This is very, this is very like interesting. So my mom just got back from like a three month like drug binge. And, and what my siblings and I have decided to do is to just love her unconditionally. I mean, if she's, she's, you know, in her late fifties, she's going to do them. She's going to do them. And of course, you know, especially Emmy, I'm so sorry to hear about your cousin Jason and, yeah. and your loss because it's awful. But for my mom and her drug addiction, it's like, I'd rather have a relationship with my mom. And even if I have to keep her arm's length away because she's an addict, I'd rather 
have a, a relationship with her than just none. Like, I mean, my, my, honestly, I always just wonder if she's dead or alive when I don't hear from her. So I just said, listen, mom, like after her last really long binge, I was like, can you please just tell us if you're alive or dead? Like, just so we don't have to wonder. And, you know, I'm going to love you either way. Of course, I'm not going to be able to see you as much. And so my mom and I have been talking and she had her mom over and they were supposed to get together that weekend. And so I knew that my mom, like, was happy to be reconnecting to her with her mom. And um, I just know, honestly, my biggest fear for my was with all of this is that my mom is going to relapse because I mean, it's hard to stay away from the drugs. Sure. When Especially you, a, an event like that. Yeah. And so that is, you, my, yeah, we don't, I, I mean, I don't know what your mom's triggers are, but yeah, I don't either. You know, I, I know that, um, your, your grandma, your mom's mom was someone that your mom was always sort of looking for approval from. Yes. It sounded where she was always just trying to get her approval and just looking for looking to her. Um, it's and, true. You know, after after she passed, you you had a conversation with your mom for like an hour. Oh, on, it was like three hours yeah, on the phone. Yeah. And I've never heard her more clear. I know um, it was a different it was it was a different person on the phone. Yeah. Really. And, you know one thing that she said to me after her mom had passed, she says she feels uh, freer now. And, you know, my mom did spend her whole life chasing my grandma's like love and approval and acceptance. And, you know, occasionally she got it. Of course, my mom was a drug addict. So there's a lot of people that just can't handle that. And I get that. I am, have been one of them, you know, like it is hard, but, um, the fact that my mom feels like a weight is off her in the sense that she doesn't have to like, she doesn't, she feels like her mom did love her and accept her. I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it, it was all a very good passing and never mind our children just screaming, screaming in, in the, the back. back. Yeah. They're uh, <laughs> out with Miss Ruth right now. Yeah. yeah but the kids are going to be home for the next couple of days because of the hurricane. Coming. Yeah. So we have a hurricane coming and, it's just been utter chaos over here at the Hater House because yeah. my grandma died. And then, you know, I, after my grandma died, my friend Sarah texted me and said, you know, she was praying for my mom because obviously that's her mom. And that is the kind of person Sarah was. So Sarah is someone who I met on Instagram and it was December of 2021. So it really wasn't that long ago. She no. I wrote something, I was struggling with like depression pretty bad and, and she, I don't remember what I wrote, but I don't remember what, I have to find that post. Yeah, I'd be interested in knowing how she reached out. Yeah, like she what? reached out as in a comment on my Instagram page and she basically said that she was re-diagnosed, it was during Christmas, she was re-diagnosed with ovarian cancer and somehow, I mean, obviously a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram, yeah. but it's like we were destined to be friends and to know each other because that one little comment, I pinned it and it has, and she has forever changed my life in the sense that love to just really do find the joy in every single day. I mean, this woman was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She was in her thirties. She had a young boy and when just I just about to go to kindergarten. Yeah. And when speaking of like, you know, our RV trip and we were about to take, you know, this, cross-country road trip she said oh why don't you come to Pennsylvania where she lives and we didn't end up going never mind the dog barking who knows that what uh she was always at the perfect times yeah uh she was why don't you come and meet me in Pennsylvania and 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 we didn't end up being Pennsylvania that we met we ended up meeting in um in Washington DC yeah her and her family came down to the to the DC area RV park yeah yeah And we really just hit it off immediately. I mean, her story was so incredibly heartbreaking, but yet she was so strong and bold and never wanted pity, never wanted, never like was like, woe is me, even though she had every right and every reason to be like that. And I think it's really important for for me to try to share her legacy, I guess. And like to, I don't know, because I- She was taking advantage of every moment. Oh yeah, like she was trying to live her. She was yeah, living her best life all the, the way to the to yeah. the end. But what I wanted to say, and the, what I think she would want 
everyone, especially females to hear was that, and now, you know, I'm not, this isn't anything. I'm just sharing a little bit about her in hopes that it raises awareness about ovarian cancer. The first thing about ovarian cancer is that there are no signs and symptoms, really. There's no, uh, there's no way to screen for it. it. So it's really sad that we're in, you know, in 2023 and there's no screening for this type of a cancer. Is it almost like, like when they catch it, it's too late? Is kind that- of, yeah, because what happens is at that, usually at that point, because there are no signs or symptoms early on. And so then by the time you start to have some signs and symptoms, well, then it's probably already spread a bit. And so one thing that you can do for ovarian cancer, first of all, Sarah was an anomaly in the sense that like typically you get ovarian cancer after you go through menopause or um, like I think the average age is over 40, like 40 and over. And she was in her 30s. Mm. So that's not cool. But they they do say that if you have that BRCA gene, the BRCA gene that makes you higher risk for breast cancer, that you also want to be screened, like get um, um, ultrasounds for your your uterus and like obviously your ovaries and whatnot to just kind of like see what's going on in there. And I almost wonder if like that should be routine, like how it doesn't hurt us to have ultrasounds, but yeah, just to like check. Yeah, the way she got it was real. Well, I mean, you know it everything happens for a reason, you know, I mean, that, that Ugh, was just kind yeah. of, it's tough to, that is to hard say, to hear. Yeah. but you know, she, she was someone that, and correct me if I'm wrong, she had really difficult periods. And yeah. after she had her, her son, um, she had said, you know, I want a hysterectomy. Yes. To take true. her ovaries out. And the doctors kind of talked her out of it and talked against it. Like you well, may want to have children when you're older and we don't typically do it like this. And she was kind of like really pushing for it. The doctors and, and her, they ended up deciding not to do the hysterectomy. Um, and against her will, like she was asking for this hysterectomy because which would have taken out her ovaries. Is that how it works? Well, I guess sometimes they take them out. Sometimes they don't. If you're like pre, if you're before you've had menopause, they might leave them. Um, but Sarah, it almost seemed like the way she put it was if she would have had that done where the cancer was, she, it wouldn't have been there. Yeah. So Sarah, the way she told us was essentially she was, before she ever had ovarian cancer, she was having these awful peri- periods and she just was, they were just awful. And she was happy with her child, her first, like her son. And she just wanted a hysterectomy. She wanted it all to be gone. And, um, and the doctors refused it. They said no, because you might change your mind and you might want another child. And so Sarah had no choice, of course, but to listen to the doctor because, you know, she can't take out her own ovaries and, you know, give herself a hysterectomy. So she listened to the doctors and then no joke, I don't know, a year later or so, she's diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And, and then she does, I don't see, I, and it's so, so sad that I can't, like, I wish I had more time to ask her more questions because she really wanted to raise awareness about this. And I did interview her while I was on the, like, while we were on the yeah, road we trip. D- we do have a video of her out there. Yeah. And um, I know that one thing that she would really want to share, though, is, like, to be an advocate for your own health because I know that it really hurt her and bothered her that, of course, you know, she knew she wanted this hysterectomy. She felt like she needed to have this hysterectomy. And she was denied that and then she never really pushed more for it. And so then she, and then, you know, she ends up with ovarian cancer. And the reason that these doctors didn't want to take her, you know, organs away was the same exact reason. Like, how can I say this? The reason that the doctors didn't want to give her a hysterectomy was so that she could have future children and be with her children if she wanted them. But them doing that took away the mother of the one child that she already had. And so truly Sarah's like biggest mission was like, why do doctors get to decide what to do with me and like with my body? Because if the doctors got to choose what to do with my body and now 
I'm, I'm fighting cancer, you know, and, and my son barely gets me cause I'm have a chemo and I'm, you know, he's, she's exhausted all the time and this, but, but she never complained about it, but you know, and so she would just get so frustrated by that because if the doctor had listened to what she wanted to do with her own body that wasn't hurting anybody at all, yeah. she would still be here and her son wouldn't be motherless right now. And so, you know, that's just something to think about, you know? And, yeah. and like, you know, you, you got to trust doctors and, and, and you, and I do, and this is not like a do not trust doctors or anything like that. It's certainly not anything of that nature, but what it is, is be your own best advocate. Doctors really do want the best for you, of course, but you know, you better than anybody, you know, what you need more than anybody. And so constantly advocate for yourself. And that goes the same for your children as well. Like, you know, your kids better than any doctor. They can have all the degrees in the world, but you're with your kids 24 seven, you're with yourself 24 seven. So, you know, don't be shy to speak up and say, Hey, listen, actually this rash doesn't look normal. Can you please look into it a little bit more? Or if they kind of poo poo you, go ahead and find someone else. And that's not to say, and of course, I mean, I'm a registered nurse. I absolutely believe in, uh, you know, Western medicine and the doctors, but I also know that truly we are our own, we are our own best advocates. And if we're not, well, I mean, as Sarah would say, like, I mean, you just have to be because Sarah is no longer here. And if she had gotten what she had asked for originally, she, she, she would definitely here. still be here because her issue was, she wanted to have a full hysterectomy because she wanted to get rid of those uh, periods that, the, that were really painful and whatnot. And chances are maybe that was one of her, I mean, it sounds like that was probably one of her first signs and no one even really kind of caught on because no one usually has uh, ovarian cancer yeah. in their thirties. Sarah just happened to have it. And now she turned 40 and one month later, she's gone. It's just it's just yeah. wild. And but, so, but I think, I mean, you, you really built a connection with her. I mean, you, you, you actually met up with her again recently. Like you, you guys just recently hung out. She, I guess she was down in Florida um, and you got a chance to meet her. And, um, well, no, Doug, I mean, Doug, what do you mean I had it? Right. Yeah. Well, we went down. So that's when we celebrated her birthday. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But like you went to celebrate her birthday, you got a chance to see her and pet a kangaroo together um, or hold a kangaroo. She really wanted to hold a sloth. She was so excited for her birthday. (laughs) So, you know, she was before she came down. So she came down July. We came to celebrate her birthday or she came down to celebrate her birthday. And I just, you know, went to celebrate her birthday with her. And um, like before this trip, I mean, this girl so badly wanted to hold a sloth and pet a sloth and we were going to Pompano Beach. She found the one place where you could hold both. Yeah. And like, it was genuinely so cool because we got to hold a kangaroo, like a baby kangaroo and then she got to hold a sloth and she was, you know, she was just she in a wheelchair so then? Or? She was like in a walker yeah. and she had oxygen. I mean, she had a really hard time uh, like staying mobile and she just hated that. I mean, yeah. she... So badly just she wanted. She was one of those firecracker type. Oh my gosh, she really was. She was not like the sensitive Sally. Like she was more like sarcastic and just fun loving yeah. and never complained. And so that's, I guess, like the biggest takeaway for me is that for a woman who knew what she wanted with her body anyways, and then to know that she was kind of denied that because society thought that she might want more children um or the doctors thought best well i mean that's like definitely societal thing like where women if they're in their 30s and they're still able to make babies Mm -hmm. then don't take those organs out because they might change their mind well that's not fair if she's in her 30s she's already had a child you know i mean there's such a fine line with that well real quick i do want to get to one of our phenomenal sponsors of the show honey love which we talked about last week yeah i and this shapewear i genuinely love it it amazing. is so good <laughs> you say amazing <laughs> uh, well you just you look great oh thank you i mean i think that women can embrace their body however they want but sometimes you're when you're wearing that type of a dress and you just want to have yourself tucked in in all the right areas <laughs> 
But like the worst thing is, is if you're wearing shapewear and I swear to goodness, if you're listening, you probably know what I'm talking about when like you go to sit down and it just like falls down, <laughs> like it like rolls down and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm not tucked in at all. Honey Love has like these um, uh, flexible bonings that's like hidden in the side seam. So you seriously never have to worry about it rolling down. It stays put right where it's supposed to. And I have the Honey Love silhouette bra. It is so comfortable. It has no underwire. And you would think that without an underwire you'd kind of just flop around but like you have such good support I mean, your honestly, cleavage looks absolutely amazing thank you and if you check out honeylove.com their superpower short is their best-selling shapewear with targeting compression technology that gives you added support where you need it and less where you don't that's it <laughs> you can get 20 percent off at honeylove.com backslash cool parents that's 20 percent off by going to honeylove.com backslash cool parents i genuinely can't recommend the queen brief shapewear enough i mean that's the one that i have and i'm telling you the boning in it that it doesn't it's it's just like the perfect amount of compression where you're not like feeling like you're you know can't breathe <laughs> but and it does not slide down it genuinely doesn't and it also doesn't like squeeze your your butt cheeks like you know how sometimes the shapewear can like dig into like your fat a little bit and it's just doesn't look flattering either I don't know. It's great. The well, shapewear. if you really have a wedding coming up, if you know someone that has a wedding coming up, Honey Love was actually came out on top for the best wedding day shapewear, which I, I think see is why. Honestly, significant. I think it's because you can actually breathe in it. It doesn't actually fall down and it doesn't like squeeze you too much. Like in the, like, I feel like some of the shapewear that I've had in the past, it will like squeeze <laughs> into my thighs and then leave like a weird indentation. I swear if you, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had listed shapewear, like... And yeah. as a dude, I I know a little bit about this. Oh, do you? Yeah, well, because guy underwear has the flap where we can just go to the bathroom by oh. just separating it. Their shapewear actually has that too. Yeah, it's, that is actually So you don't true. have to take everything off to go to the bathroom. Yeah, and that is also freaking amazing. So yeah, we genuinely, I'm thankful that they're a, support, a supporter of the show because we are big time supporters of them. Yes, honeylove.com backslash cool parents for 20% off. All right. Let's get back to it. Yeah. There are so many things that you can complain about and there's so many things that happen that are, you know, that are frustrating. This, this woman, Sarah, her, her one wish, cause she knew that she was slowly dying. Her one wish was to live long enough to see her son off to kindergarten. Like that is, and she got to see him go. I think it was like two or three days. Well, yeah. So when I was with her for our birthday, that's that was, all she wanted. She and couldn't wait to, um, for her birthday, you know, her 40th birthday. She was so excited for that. And then when I was with her right after we sang happy birthday to her and she blew out the candles, we were just sitting at the table chit chatting. And she said that like, she, you know, we didn't talk too much about the milestones that she's going to miss or, you know, I don't know if she, if she was in denial a little bit. I mean, they had recommended hospice and she wasn't accepting it because she kept on taking the chemo treatment. I mean, she just went in for treatment number six a couple of days before she died. I mean, she was really, she did not want to leave up. her son. She did not want to leave her family. She so badly wanted to live this life. She, she was so frustrated with her body. She texted me and said, that she had fallen in the bathroom and she couldn't get herself up and no one was there. So she had to call the neighbor. And this is a woman that just, just, I mean, no one really wants that, but she just was so frustrated. And instead of, instead of anything else, she just said she was frustrated and she like, she just so badly wanted to live this life and to have these milestones with her chill, like with her son. And, and I just feel like, if that isn't a wake up call for all of us who ha complain about the weather or we complain about, I don't know, just like the most, like a cold or, I mean, this woman was in pain. She was in agony. She was begging for another day on earth with her family and she still didn't complain. I mean, I was with her in Florida and she, she took a tumble like out of the pool I don't think I, I don't know if I told you this or not, but oh. she like fell and it was a hard hit. The woman didn't complain. She didn't, 
she just, it was just shocking to me. Like the way that she held herself and like with like grace and dignity, but also like it would have been completely fine if she did complain and like break down and, but she didn't. And so I guess for me, the biggest change of this happened is from Sarah in my life in the sense that, you know, right now my grandma died and then Sarah died, the hurricane's coming, Henley and Hendricks have been sick, I'm sick. And usually I would be like, oh man, like not another hit against me. But I, instead I am genuinely like, thank you, Jesus, that I'm alive. Thank you that my legs are working. Thank you that my body is going to, I am just focusing on being so thankful because I know that Sarah would love to be here right now prepping for a hurricane, you know, like she would have no qualms whatsoever having to hunker down at her house and isolate for a couple days because, you know, her kid has hand, foot and mouth. So, I mean, she would love that problem. She would love all of, like, she would love to have the problem of not being able to breathe through her nose for a couple days. I mean, the woman could, couldn't breathe without oxygen anyways. And so I think the biggest lesson that we can all take away from Sarah is, is that a, when I know for sure what she would want is for women to know that we can be an advocate for ourselves. We don't, it's not that we're not, we're not against doctors. She's never against a doctor, but, but sometimes you just happen to know yourself better. And doctors wouldn't have ever thought ovarian cancer for her because she wasn't even at that age range yet. The woman died from ovarian cancer. And so if you feel something is amiss in your body, don't let anybody shame you or belittle you or like poo poo you. Get it checked out. And if a doctor doesn't want to, then go to another one and that's okay. And don't feel bad about that. That's the first thing I know Sarah would want me to say like to, to you listening. The second thing that I, I know that she would be proud, I think, to know that I'm sharing about her, that she would have never asked. I mean, the woman never asked for a thing. I mean... She really wanted to share her story and get her story out. In the sense to help others, to hopefully Mm -hmm. prevent this from happening for someone else. And she really wanted screenings to become more more prevalent and common. I mean, it is kind of crazy that in 2023, ovarian cancer, there is no screening. Like, especially for a silent cancer like that. Like there should absolutely be a screening. But the other thing that I think she'd be really proud of is the fact that her character has left such an impact on my life. I mean, truly. And I hope that it will leave an impact on yours too, if you're listening, because if you think about, you know, when you complain about, oh, you know, the food isn't salty enough or, you know, it's not, it's not, it's cold and you're at a restaurant, uh, you know, or, just like the little things that you bicker about. Yeah, or like the weather. God, it's raining again. It's so gloomy outside. Thank goodness we even get to enjoy or be around that gloomy weather. Thank goodness we can eat that food that doesn't even taste as warm or as salty as we'd like it to be. Thank goodness that we get to... about my cooking? <laughs> no. But like even with Henley and, and Hendrickson, if they're bickering and fighting, and it's like, thank goodness we're here to see the bickering and the fighting because... Sarah no longer gets to do any of that. And she so desperately wanted to stay on this earth. I mean, she did not want to go and I'm going to hold it together. But, you know, for all the times that we can just so easily fall into the realm of complaining about like the mundane in life, don't forget that life can go by so fast and we're not promised tomorrow And, you know, when I first met Sarah, she told me she had a 27% chance of being alive in five years. And sure enough, not even two years later and she's gone. So, And she she knew that. And so what I'm trying to say to you and to myself even, like I am like preaching to the choir over here too because what I've been reminding myself every single day is that first of all, right now, right here, we all think we have forever, right? Like we never think about death. Like I just never think about that, but it, it could come as fast as that. Until someone, as... you know, ha- it like passes it because I hadn't thought about that in a while until recently where it's just like, like it, they're just gone now. And it's, it's so bizarre that like this person, this life is just over. Yeah, I mean, and like it, you just can't talk to the person anymore. It's like, 
it is so bizarre because even now like i'll i'll like we used to like dm a lot on instagram and i and like i would text her and it's just so bizarre that i can't even do that anymore and yeah um but i think needless to say that could happen to any single one of us like you listening in your earbuds to us and then also us obviously sitting here talking to you i mean we could be diagnosed with something we could you just are never promised tomorrow so if you take anything away from this i know that sarah would want you to a advocate for yourself if you've been feeling some sort of way or something's weighing on you advocate for yourself and you could be the anomaly you could be the enigma like she no one would have expected ovarian cancer for a young 30 something year old woman who has a child i mean she looked healthy as a clam and it's not something they normally check for but then by the time she was in the age range of ovarian cancer she was already dead from it so she would want you to just believe in your gut and to go out there and advocate for yourself a little bit more of course trust doctors but don't be scared to advocate for yourself as well and then the other thing is is man like the next time you go to kind of just complain about like the wrong starbucks order or i don't know the weather that's gloomy i always complain about the weather like if it's it's too hot out, it's too cold it's too hot oh the driving like there you know like just there's so many things that we complain about all day every day and we are just so lucky to be here on earth and get to live this life. We get to be with our children, with the ones that we love. So if nothing else, I hope and pray that for you today and that for myself, <laughs> and I'm, I am preaching yeah, to the choir, like everybody let me tell you. knows that, and, but it, it takes uh, someone dying to really put it into perspective. Yeah. Like everybody knows to take advantage of each day. But oh yeah, you hear it all the time. It's you like... Never, you never apply it and you, you never really get scared from it until you find someone that is in that situation yeah. and, and cancer sucks. It cancer really does. Is the worst. You know, the, um, there's a really good show on Disney with, uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, the guy that plays the work. I mean, he's gorgeous. Yes. Um, I know who that guy yeah, is. He, he really is. You know, like, I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not gay, but if I was, he'd, be one that I'd I be mean, attracted to. He's quite yeah. gorgeous, isn't? Wasn't he? I oh know that's Liam Hemsworth. Was Miley Cyrus's husband? Yes, Which one? that was Liam. Oh, okay. Uh, they're, so well, they're, yeah, they're both handsome. They're both very handsome. But um, I'll take either of them. He's got a show on Disney um, called Limitless. I love um, that you don't even say anything to yeah, that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, it was either him or Channing Tatum. Or I mean, whatever. he's pretty handsome too. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he was the whole series is based on what you can do. Uh, to fight back against old age. Really? Like how, how you can keep yourself young longer. Where is this uh, It's on Disney. I okay. think it's called like Limitless. And, and it takes a scientific approach where it was like um, one of the episodes goes into, um, goes in because there's like some villages that are in Mexico where uh-huh. um, they're called the running people. And it's a tribe of women that work on the mountains. And, and to get to the nearest uh, like settlement... It's a day away as a walk. So they all decided that they would run and they run up mountains, even up until their, their grandparents run through these mountains to get to the next uh, settlement and village. What is that? This next settlement that <laughs> inspires but, them to but, run up the hill. But they're, they're native and they allowed scientists in and the grandparents have better blood pressure or just as good at blood pressure as their, the kids, the young kids. And they, they keep running. Um, but uh, one of his one of his biggest fears was Alzheimer's, and the fact that you can live this whole life and you yeah. can build this beautiful family, yeah, and you know the kids and the experiences, like all of that being stripped away, that was his biggest fear. That's one of my fears. And in and that's why I wanted to get a cold bath too, because of all the uh, like the ice bath things, because they have a whole episode on that about how how it's so good for your system, immune system and everything, like just to get up to like 11 minutes a week in a cold bath, like in the ice bath. What? Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, but on, on the show, it turns out that he has a genetic trait or a gene from his mom and his dad that he is 10% more likely to get Alzheimer's earlier. Mm. 
but there are ways Who, to Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. But there are ways to combat it. And they, they show you how, how important mitochondria is. They show how important, um, keeping your brain sharp. So like one I got to go watch this documentary now. Yeah. One of the, um, and, and I think it's great because one of the, the top, uh, brain scientists they meet up with and her recommendation for him was to go on a two to three day journey through, uh, they live in Australia. So through the outback, no phones, no anything. They took a helicopter ride and they took snapshots of where they would camp and where they would be in two days. They would have to make it up to this thing. And they said, she she said, she goes, there is no better way to recenter your brain than to get out in the wilderness or just really without GPS, without phone to like to map out, be in nature because we're animals and we're from nature Yeah, to be out in nature, plan a route, decide where to go, where to find food, where to, uh, where to, uh, camp out. All of that is so good for your brain without the distraction of other people. Like, yes, we need the social part of it because people that are alone are, um, 50% more likely to develop dementia and Alzheimer's than people that are very social and live with other people. So, Interesting. So we need that, but we also need to separate ourselves from technology. technology. And you you need to challenge your brain in different ways. That's the only way that you can keep your brain uh, young. Interesting. Well, it's I... really, really interesting. And, you know, it just, it really it kind of got a pep in my step for trying to eat healthier and uh, which I started to eat more vegetables, which was my first step, but just to really take better care. Yeah. You ate broccoli the other night with dinner. And I'm like, you don't ever eat broccoli. Well, because it's, and even like working out, like your, your mitochondria are, are what really attacks uh, not just fat muscles, but um, it like your, your biggest challenge is, to stop moving. If you stop yes. moving, you lose it. You lose everything. But yeah. if you do challenge yourself and if you do work out and just, you know, something that is like high endurance at least two hours a week, um, and then you kind of like work out the mitochondria in your muscles, you can build new ones. And that's really what fuels the rest of your body to combat sickness, to build your immune system, and to keep you younger, longer. longer. Interesting. You got to keep moving. Well, speaking of that, the one last thing I was going to share that I found like, like it gives me goosebumps to think about is the fact that, so like, obviously I want to go watch this on Disney, this Chris Hemsworth thing. What's it mm-hmm. called again? I think it's like limitless. I mean, you would think, yeah. Um, I want to go see that. So the last, cause I haven't, so the, I don't usually watch Netflix. I usually like listen to a book on lot, like on audiobook. Or I, I do like to or watch murder. true crime, but I'm trying to stay away from that because it really gives me anxiety <laughs> and it's just like not feel good at all. You know, it's like just kind of depressing, but it's so shocking that like it always gets me hooked. But after watching, so when Sarah was in the hospital last, I just kept on, I mean, every day, I mean, what do I say to her? I don't, I don't live near her. She's in Pennsylvania. I'm in Florida. And I didn't want to just, I mean, what I found was that every single day I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And it's like, that's like the, the worst question you can ask someone who has, who's like literally dying from cancer. She probably how are you doing? It though. I mean, well, I mean, she never complained. I mean, she literally never said, Oh, this sucks. I hate this. Or, you know, and she literally was the most optimistic without being like toxic positivity. Like she was not toxic positivity. She was just like the perfect balance because, you know, she said it like it was like she wasn't fake, but she also wasn't like, Oh, poor me. I have to go through chemo or, you know, like meanwhile I get a cold and I'm like, Oh, can you get me some medicine? (laughs) Um, but which is okay. I don't, I don't care. Thank you. No, but I'm, I'm trying to be a little more like Sarah and just be like, Doug, I don't feel good. Can I get some medicine, please? Um, but so I was trying to find a way to like kind of bond with her and connect with her. I mean, she's literally sitting in the hospital bed and she, this is just so heartbreaking to me because, you know, she's being kept away from her son when all she really wanted was to see her son and be around her son. And she knew her days were like numbered, of course. And, um, 
and I just wanted to help like I just really wanted to help her not think of that like I don't know I just wanted to help like ease that somehow some way and so I was like oh why don't we like try to watch a show together and while she's in the hospital she can watch it and then I'll try to watch as much as I can because I have like (laughs) kids and a husband and a wild house but um uh Turns out I ended up watching more of the show than she did, <laughs> but because... Well, yeah, it was... Uh, I walked into the room one day, and she just started watching. It was like uh, Matchmaking Indian, India or something Indian like that. Matchmaking on yeah. Netflix, and Sarah... There's Jewish Matchmaking on Netflix and Indian Well, Sarah chose the Indian... Well, she gave <laughs> me a choice. It was either Santa Clarita Diet or Indian Matchmaking, and I was like... I tried watching Santa Clara, Clarita Diet before and that was just wasn't for me. It's like zombies and stuff and I just can't go there. So I was like, okay, let's do the Indian matchmaking. And, you know, this is when she was in the hospital and um, and I started watching it and we started bonding over different characters and who we liked and who we didn't like. And um, Seema Auntie, this woman who like matches all these um, Indians and, <laughs> and then she gets discharged and of course like she... Um, she just starts not, you know, she's, she's obviously focused. I mean, when she's not in the hospital, I highly doubt she was like, well, I just sit down watching a Netflix right. show. <laughs> um, but anyways, so she kind of fell behind me and, but I would still, you know, reach out to her. Just something to talk about other than the weather and how she's feeling. And, you know, like she's was in pain and she was tired and that was, was she like, a fan of Married at First Sight? Yeah, that, okay. of course. Yeah, she watched our our season, <laughs> and I think that's how she found me, and um, and then began following me and whatever. But which would make sense, the whole Indian matchmaking. Not yeah, surprised that she into liked the it. Reality matchmaking. But this is the kind of like I don't want to say eerie, but gives me goosebumps to even think about. Is that we started watching Indian matchmaking? I think there's three uh, seasons out. And the same night that I finished the last episode that was available is the same exact night that she passed. Yeah. And you guys started watching that show, just decided to watch that show together. Yeah. And she never got to finish it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life is short and we really are so blessed to be here on earth with our loved ones and there's always something to be thankful for truly and call so, your parents yeah <laughs> just to say hello yeah and and you know just a 360 that back to like my, my grandma and my mom and you know um don't let death become the reason that you a have regrets but b that you know like don't wait for death to happen before you go out and try to like say what you have to say to who you have to say it to. So, you know, one thing that helped me learn to forgive my mom is to just try to accept her as she is right now with drug addiction, with, you know, she's kind of wishy-washy and whatnot, but she's my mother and not for nothing, but she, she did take care of me when I was a child. And there's just, there's just, no good reason to just stay bitter and resentful. There really isn't. I mean, she's done some things to me in the past that have really, really hurt me and my siblings. I mean, she has hurt us so much, but if she died and I didn't have a relationship with her, that would be even more hurtful. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if there's someone in your life that you are just kind of bitter, you don't ever want to forgive, you just want to cut them out of your life, you know, that's okay to like keep them at an arm's length, but try your best to think about if that person died and if you would be okay with where you're at right now with them. So my grandma and I were not very close to be very honest. I mean, if you've read my book, wifey 101, then, you know, um, or if you've, you know, been around for a while, you know, that, you know, we've had, uh, our issues. And so when Henley was a toddler and Hendrix was a baby, I did have a chance to to talk to my grandma and she apologized for what she had done. And I apologized too for being kind of like bitter and whatnot. And we hugged and we loved each other. And, you know, my grandma was never going to change per se, you know, but that doesn't, but I, I can't tell you the amount of peace that I have knowing that maybe my grandma and I weren't close. Maybe we were never meant to be close, 
but there was no hard feelings between us. There was no resentment. There was nothing but love on both sides. And that is everything. So if you have someone in your mind that you're thinking of that, you know, you're not sure how you would feel if they passed away, maybe this is like your sign to just pray about it, think about it, meditate about it, like how you can go about just saying, hey, listen, you know, I know things aren't, haven't always been peachy with us, but, you In know. In a way, it frees part of your soul. It really does. It frees part of your brain because the people that you hold that resentment towards and that hatred, that, whether you like it or not, has such an effect on you, an effect yeah. on your being, and everybody knows the person that they just get the willies from or you have someone in your life that you're just like I just can't stand this person like think about think about how you just think about getting that off of your chest yeah. and out of your being and having it hold no space in your brain yeah that frees you up for more acceptance that frees you up for more positivity. Uh, it allows you to uh, look at forgiveness in a different way. Um, you know, like Jamie said, you know, it wasn't, it, it's not like we were going to, you know, have your grandma and your mom over all the time, but you also, the change from when we first got together and first got married, um, I mean, you would literally have like diarrhea every time we went to go drive up to their house like you you would sleep all the way up and you just would leave I mean it was just so so stressful and once you get free of that um it's I mean it it that stress and and that part of you just it's it's lighter but not even just that because death is so final and so there's an aspect to that of like when when you can finally like forgive someone and then just be lighter while they're still here on earth. But death is so final. So like, for example, if I had never had that like chat with my grandma, I guarantee you, I would just be, you know, I would just be, have a whole lot of regrets, but you know, there's something about knowing that she died peacefully and that we were able to, bond and and forgive each other and love each other and so you know I guess I just wanted to say before we before we head out that if there's someone that comes to your mind and you're like sitting there and you're like yeah I know she's like she's talking to me you know because like I think that's how it happens but and it's kind of scary but if you can just think about if if you knew if they died and then you would have like some sort of regret like you wish you would have said something then just muster up the courage to do it, to just go and talk to them and just, and even if they don't receive it well, or they're not interested, that's fine. It's not necessarily even about them. It's really kind of just about you and, and you showing love and acceptance and forgiveness and just freeing yourself from that. And nine times out of 10, I mean, they probably will do the same for you as well. So I don't know your situation, but, um, but that's what's been like for me. And I, and I hope that for, for you as well. Yeah, this has been uh, kind of a different episode. Yeah, that's of Married at First Sight or Married at First Sight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Marriage, cool parents, but yeah, uh, but yeah, we uh, you know we we like bringing you guys into our lives, and it it really does it really does make us makes our heart happy seeing your comments and reviews and and yeah, and honestly, like the whole point of this is really to just connect with you on a deeper level and. And to just feel like we have together, we have more of a community. I mean, what is life without community yeah. and connection? And for it's, Jamie and I to, to have good conversations with each other. Yeah. Yeah. We don't ever have this a, is our therapy. This is like our own. <laughs> this is the one time a week <laughs> that we talk to each other and we just <laughs> happen to share it with you too. <laughs> but no, like truly, thanks for being a part of our community. And, you know, I know a lot of you also follow me on Instagram. Those of you who are listening to the podcast and, you know, I have been trying to be more consistent there. Like I know that like I kind of got sporadic and just, I just have been really truly struggling with like depression and anxiety for such a long time. And so I'm trying to be more consistent. But one thing I wanted to say before we go is just thank you so much for always being here. I mean, I could, 
I could leave for a couple days and you're still there. I could leave for a freaking week and you're there. I've taken a month off and you're still here. And I'm like, not for nothing, but my own mother hasn't always been like that. My, my grandma wasn't always like that. I mean, no one has been like that for me in my life, but you have been like that for me. And I am, well, my husband too, and my children. And I'm really, but I know what you mean. I'm genuinely so thankful for that. Like I really appreciate this community that we have. I love my girlfriends and uh, yeah. And so I hope that this podcast has been meaningful to you, even when it is like, you know, we really don't plan these per se. I know some people have like a whole thing of what they want to talk about. And, you know, we really just kind of chat with you at like you're just sitting at we almost we keep it current yeah if like we chat as with you like we're, we're sitting at the table together yeah. having a cup of coffee and we do plan just on chatting. having having guests on yeah uh, and some exciting guests on soon and if there's anybody that you guys can think of, or if there's anybody that you think of that maybe you would want to hear on the podcast we are more than open to yeah any suggestions uh yeah. i know I've been thinking about reaching out to some of the past couples that we haven't talked to on Married at First Sight. And I think that would be... Yeah, that would be be real fun. Yeah. Yeah. So So anyways, well, we hope you have a great week. And, um, you know, if you had someone in your your mind that I was talking about, you know, just pray about it, meditate about it. There's no pressure, but you will feel freer and more connected if you're able to just get off your chest, but you have to get off your chest with that person. I'll leave it at that. We love you guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Love you.